just one more victory. Give it to me. A win over France, like against Italy. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Tartan Rugby, bringing you the latest Scottish rugby news from the 2021 Guinness Six Nations. Joining Tim and I in the virtual studio tonight, we have former D-side captain and aspiring rock star, Charlie, and all-round sports fan and aspiring rock doctor, Hamish. Charlie, give us your thoughts on Scotland's penultimate game against Italy at Murrayfield over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was... uh... I thought it was what Scotland fans have been waiting for so far. Uh, I mean, Scotland have performed, I think they've performed in every game. They've been consistent. Unfortunately, the scorelines haven't really gone our way the last few games. So, yeah, yeah, it was a a really good game. Enjoyed it a lot. Scotland showed, uh, yeah, just showed what they're capable of. And, yeah, great result. Yeah, it was certainly nice to see. Was there any standout players for you? I think Vandermeer had had a... some really good good runs. I mean, he's like a, a bulldozer. Um, I also thought that that um, Peel starting at nine. I was I don't know much about him, so having no Ali Price was something I was a little bit concerned with at the start. But um, yeah, I thought he played well. I thought the whole team played well. Um, I mean, and Xander Ferguson. I seen he gave a couple of penalties away right at the start, but um, yeah, they, they sorted their game out and. Fortunately, yeah, after Italy put the first points on the board, they, they, they were out of the game for the rest of it. So, um, But yeah, Vandermeer was standout for me, I thought. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you were saying about Scott Steele as well. He was excellent. Before this game, I think he'd only, he'd only played three times for Scotland, one of which on the wing, one of which at flanker, and one of which at scrum half. So it was nice to see him starting at scrum half then. Yeah, yeah. Last game he ended up game before he ended up at flanker, wasn't it? When he came, when they were getting a bit tight in replacement. So, uh... yeah. And Hamish, what did you think of uh, Scotland's performance at the weekend? Well, I would say the most important thing was it went according to plan, as expected, which for Scotland isn't, you know, it's rather unusual. Uh, it was nice just to have a game which there wasn't any, you know, worry, any sort of nerves, and it was just was dominant from start to finish. I would say. Definitely. I think they ended up putting eight tries past Wales, uh, some of which were very impressive. Tim, any thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it was good, like you said. I mean, they were pretty efficient throughout. Maybe those first, you minus the first five minutes, and it was pretty much the sort of perfect performance. But, uh, yeah, they played well. All the guys that came in and the changes, I think, worked very well because uh, Hugh Jones had a very strong game coming in in, in the, in the centre. And the, uh, you know, Sander Fagerson sort of looked good coming back. So, uh, yeah, it was a good performance. Oh, and uh, um, Gilchrist in the second row, I thought, really turned up. Had a good game as well. So, so yeah, good performance. Excellent performance by the side. So Yeah, can you see Gilchrist starting again this weekend? Or this Friday, sorry, against France? Well, I, th- I, th- I think I saw today, I, I think Johnny Gray's out. Again, I'm not sure about S- Scott Cummings, if he'll be back. But Johnny Gray's... Johnny Gray, I, I understand, is not going to be in. He's not in the squad for the next week. Uh, so, but both the guys who came in the second row, uh, Skinner and Gilchrist, both have very strong games. So, it's good selection problems to have. So, I think, I think, you know, I think that'll that'll sort itself out. So, good good chance of seeing Gilchrist playing again next week. I would have thought. 
Yeah, you'd like to think so. It's, it seems like he's earned it. Hamish, was there any standout players for you in that game? Um, I thought it was interesting seeing Hogg play at fly half. Um, just obviously mainly being the fullback and with the injuries you've had, to have the options then if Hastings and Russell are both out, that Hogg can step in there again. And, you know, I know it was only Italy, but, you know, he, dominated, you know, he ran the show really from that position. Um, again, as Charlie said, Van der Merwe was probably the standout in terms of performers, I would say. Do you think Van der Merwe has done enough to secure himself a spot in the Lions team? Uh, I would say that's pretty hard to say. I mean, he's played, what, four games for Scotland now? Lions tour coming up in the summer, I think. Unlikely. But you never know. I mean, he's certainly done no harm. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. We have we've seen players come in with very little or no international experiences in some cases. Uh, what do you reckon, Charlie? Do you think Van der Merwe could uh, could take a place in the Lions this year? I think he's got a much better chance than Lowe does. But uh, now I th- I think he does. I think he's had a solid. He's you know he give him the ball. He's you know he's he's can pretty consistently beating the first defender. Um, he's hard to stop. Um, I mean, I'd like to see him on the squad. Um, whether whether he will or not, I, it's hard to say. Um, a lot of people are kind of favouring Zamet with the way he's played over the past few weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would like to see him on the squad, um, but I, I'd be doubtful that he would maybe be getting on the squad because I also think Anthony Watson has had a good tournament as well and there's another strong contender on the wing. So... Oh, it's a tough call, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure about that one. But uh, I guess, I guess we'll get more of an idea on that maybe when we see him up against, uh, see him up against France mm-hmm. next week, where you know a bit of a you know stronger wingers out there. So we'll, we'll see him maybe a little bit more under pressure, and how he plays in that sort of game. He looks like a Warren Gatlin type player, doesn't he? I mean, Warren, he's always going to pick, a, normally picks a big one over a. A small one, and you know he's pretty big. He's big for a winger. Plus, he still keeps his pace. So, uh, yeah, and I would have thought a good chance of him getting in the squad. Mm. Yeah, he seems to have everything Gatlin's looking for, except being Welsh. But uh, yeah. other than that, it's a cool package. It's very interesting. You you mentioned Reese Zamet. Um, South Africa, obviously, a very big physical side. Do you think Reese Zamet would be able to hold his own against such physical players? I, I don't. Oh, he's so quick. I mean, if he's got, if you get bits of space, bit of space, or the you know the high ball goes over and they put a decent kick in, he's got a really good chance of of picking that ball up on the other end. But um, yeah, defensively, um, it's hard to. Yeah, it's a bit like Vandermeer. Be, I feel like I need to see him play a bit more. You know, I'm not too sure how he is defensively. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that he's bad defensively. I'm just saying, uh, I, yeah, it's, I don't recall him being amazing defensively. Better than Lowe, again, I would say. Look, sorry, I can, I'm going to I'm going to bash <laughs> Lowe. As, as if you're having a dig at Chris. From yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I've not let him forget. Every weekend, I keep reminding him how poor he is. So, <laughs> now that um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to. It'd be he's an exciting player and. It would be good to see him on the squad. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's a competitive position at the moment because there's so much talent on the wings. So yeah, not too sure. 
Well, another one sort of, I, I guess the player we really think about maybe sort of getting into the side, and he's another small one, is, is Hamish Watson, who is absolutely fantastic against the Italians. I mean, uh, you know, he's been pretty on the ball every game. You know, but will he get in there, you know, over some of the other flankers, some of these big flankers around? It'd be interesting. But I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I would have thought he was another Scott who really must be, you know, close to taking that place. He has been sensational this season. This entire tournament, Hamish Watson has been a standout player for Scotland. He's really taken it to the next level, which is great to see a bit of consistency. Um, you know, a lot of the Scotland players, they'll have a, a good game, a really good game one week and then not so much the next week. But Hamish Watson, week in, week out, this Six Nations has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. In the game against Italy on Saturday, it's reading the stats, he, he made 121 metres, which is pretty spectacular. That was from eight runs as well. So, uh, so yeah, he really had a great game. What yeah. do you think of uh, Watson's performance there, Hamish? Yeah, again, as uh, as you said there, I think he's definitely been Scotland's standout in Six Nations. There's not been a game, even predating the Six Nations, I've seen Scotland play, and I would say he hasn't been one of the standout performers. Seems to be everywhere. And uh, just a wee haircut and it'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that haircut in the summer might sort of, you know, find him out a bit. He might be, uh, he might have a bit too much hair on top to sort of keep cool in the sort of, uh, in the big games, might he say? Yeah, well, hopefully the barbers will be open soon. I actually saw quite a funny, quite a funny tweet um, about Hamish Watson. It was, you'd, he's the sort of player you'd expect to talk like Willie from The Simpsons. And uh, yeah, in reality, he talks like a Tory. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that when he opened his mouth as well. I, I was expecting him to sound a bit different. But uh, he plays a lot of Fortnite as well. He's an avid Fortnite player. Which, oh, which makes me... I'm sure if my, my brother listens to this, it'll make him like him a little bit more. But um, <laughs> I'm not much of a Fortnite person. It might, I don't know how much before his time, his, his time you guys are, but he, he has a bit of the Rapsy Nesbit about him as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's got something special, hasn't he? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the dynamic of him and Jamie together as well. Um, yeah. Like Hamish, he's got his low centre of gravity. He can make the yards when he's got the ball carrying it. Um, and Jamie Ritchie, I thought, as well, is quite good on the counter-ruck. Um quite good at disrupting the, the breakdown. Um, so I think the pair of them work really well together, you know, as a, as a duo. Um, yeah, they definitely work well there. They definitely, uh, one tackles, one's, you know, one jekylls. It's, it's, mm. it's a very effective unit there. Yeah, and also Matt Ferguson at number eight. He's, I think he's been very good this Six Nations as well. He's, he's an incredibly physical player. He, he, I think he made the second most ground at the Scotland forwards in that game. And uh, yeah, definitely one for the future. He also just always looks up for it. His uh, every decision going Scotland's way, he's uh, yeah seems to be buzzing about. Not not as much as Johnny May, who clearly overdoes it each time. But, yeah, <laughs> so does Farlon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any other talking points from the game on Saturday? Then I guess, like Tim said, it's uh, Scotland had a fantastic performance, which was great to see. But I guess the real test for them is going to be next week. I mean, the way Scotland have played this Six Nations to only to have only come out of it with two victories would be rather disappointing. So, um, yeah, the game against France next week, I imagine Gatland will have his eye on that one a lot more than this one. Yeah, definitely. 
it's it's going to be a good game. France obviously have a lot to play for as well. If France manage to win by a bonus point victory by more than twenty one points, then they can Not, take the Six Nations title. From never going to happen. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's not like um, it's a meaningless game, you know. Both teams have a lot to play for. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the French respond. You know, that was such an emotional game against Wales on on Saturday evening. And, I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if they can really get their composure back to play Scotland next week. So, you know, Scotland needs to really... Scotland really need to take the game to France, I think, as well. That's one thing Wales showed mm-hmm. you know, for, for an hour of that game. Yeah. You know, they were very focused. They took the game, they took the game to the French and they, they effectively outplayed them. And it was only when the French, you know, seemed to get down to 14 men that they just went into crazy rugby and uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> broke the Welsh hearts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think yeah, I think Scotland, you know, Scotland should be sniffing something out of that game. But, I think, yeah, I think it's very possible. Yeah, they're going to need to, um, it'd be good to, because Scotland have just been losing by such small margins. You know, I thought that Scotland over the past couple of games, it's quite nice being able to support Scotland, see them concede a try, but not completely lose hope because they've, they've kind of been, they've been consistent and confident. They've not always been contesting at the lineouts when they're defending. Like against Wales, they were quite, well, they looked to me like they were actually quite comfortable to, uh, sorry, against Ireland to let to let Ireland run with the ball, um, which maybe didn't work out in the long run because Ireland uh, on the game. But I think that yeah, Scotland, uh, you know, making some some dominant tackles and keep the ball alive. Then yeah, I reckon they got a good chance. It shows how far they've come as well. You know, the fact that we're talking about them going to Paris on Friday night against the side going for the Six Nations, that we think they've got a chance. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned the um, the line-out, or the, I think you mentioned the line-out there, Charlie. Uh, but it just uh, reminded me to bring up Dave Cherry, uh, who, it was his first ever start for Scotland. Um, the line-out obviously performed a million times better than last week against Ireland. What did you think of Cherry's performance there? I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought he was... Uh... Yeah, I thought he was solid. Lineup was solid. Uh, the mall was effective. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him start start um, each game a little bit more after that performance. I think he deserves to be in the starting lineup. Uh, maybe well on Friday, maybe yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was thought he was excellent when he was on. He won't he won't put up with any side stepping French props like older. <laughs> I think he'd be good for a start. I, you, you know, I think the lineup definitely stabilised out. And uh, as you say, and he was good at the backs and wall. So I think he deserves another chance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought quite reasonable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not uh, not every game you run in two tries as a hooker. And um, I think it's it's just been, if I'm not mistaken, it was confirmed today that Fraser Brown's not been included in the squad for this week. So, yeah, it looks like it will either be Dave Cherry or George Turner. Who do you reckon will be taking that starting number two position, Hamish? Uh, I'd be surprised if Cherry doesn't get it after after the weekend. Um, just, you know, as you say, score two tries, first start. Um, you know, it's probably your jersey to lose now. So, uh, Sean Maitland's not in the squad either. Which is a surprise. Yeah, yeah, that's a big surprise. Not, I can't really tell why. I don't know if any of 
any of you guys have any thoughts on that? He seemed a bit peeved when he was when he was um, pulled off the pitch on on Saturday. So I don't know if there was. Uh, I mean, I assume that Hoggy's going to return at fullback. You know, Finn Russell's fit. He'll be he'll be in the fly half slot. So yeah, so he wouldn't probably wouldn't have been a start unless he started on the wing. I guess that's yeah. Well, the other the other player that's back this week is Adam Hastings as well. Yeah. He's back in the squad. So yeah, I think Scotland now have three fly halves. They've gone from. Having hog at ten to having three fly halves in the squad this. Yeah. I'm surprised they kept Maitland out as well. Yeah, I thought. Um, yeah, when I, I was, I wasn't too sure at the start. He played well on the wing against, well, against Ireland. He dominated low, but there's, you know, <laughs> no offense, Brett, but um, I thought that he kicked well as well. Like he found touch and, um, yeah, I thought he had a good game on Saturday. So uh, whether I don't think he deserves to be. Out of the squad for Friday, but but you think um, you think Finn Russell will walk back into the team then, and Hogg won't keep the number ten shirt even after that pass through. The <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I, th- I think Hogg back at fullback. I, I feel safer with Russell in the ten jersey. Uh, not saying I, I thought Hogg played well, but um, yeah, it's, I want Russell back. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it'll be. A, I mean, the, the pressure on the on the fly half around that, um, you know, flat around the gain line is going to be much greater, obviously, against France. It's it, you know, it's difficult to compare. You know, you you are going to really, you are really going to need the guy who's playing, you know, his fly half is nat- his natural position. Do you think him playing in France would, you know, help his understanding of the dynamics of the French team and playing against them at all? Or that whether his experience playing over there, you know, you know, be good, good skill set to have and playing against them. Well, I think it's a good skill set to have, but also I, I guess quite a few players or are used to playing. You know, maybe playing in France. Quite a few more of the French players will be uh, aware of his box of tricks. Mm. So you, you know, maybe they'll be, you know, they'll be looking at that as well. So it's uh, against France. Uh, I mean, the way France play, you know, someone with a that bit of magic that he can produce, he, he might expose, you, you know, if anyone can open up a defence, it's him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he could be in his element for that game. We hope so. And then one other position which could be up for debate is outside centre. Hugh Jones obviously started against Italy there. Hugh Jones, unbelievable attacking presence. Hamish, do you think we'll see Chris Harris back in the number 13 shirt on yeah, Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think Italy is the perfect opposition for, for Hugh Jones. As you say, much stronger in attack than he is in defence. Um, so I'd be surprised for the French game where realistically we'll be doing a lot more defending. I'd be, I imagine Harris will come back in for him, which is harsh on Jones because he had a really good game. But I think you've got to look at the opposition you're playing as well. And I think I think Harris will probably come back in. Yeah, not, not a bad sub. Yeah, exactly. Bench, Hugh Jones either coming home and... Uh, Players like Vakatawa are getting a bit tired in the backs there. And... Yeah, well, that's the thing. is that He's probably going to have to sort of defend against Vakatawa or is it Sinclair or whatever the other yeah, guy? Fiku. Or Fiku, yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's defensively, you, you know, his defensive game is going to have to be so much stronger, I think, in that game. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see on that one. But, you know, maybe maybe Vakatawa should be attacked, though. I mean, I... I you know, that's the other thing is that he, I didn't think he, he didn't look like he presented George North, you know, he's obviously a big physical lad, but he, you know, he didn't, 
I didn't think he had a great game. I didn't think he really sort of broke. That France looked better when I think he went off. But uh, you know, he, as I say, I don't think he he looked that effective. Uh, in, you know, in that game. But moving on now, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about the England Ireland game. Charlie, I, I imagine you've got a few interesting points to talk about this <laughs> I one. I thought. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I thought Ireland were were awesome. I thought they were especially. Well, up until Bundiaki got his red card, I thought him and Henshaw in the centre um, really swallowed the England backs up and just didn't let allow England to exploit Watson or 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 May on the you know they, they just weren't allowing them to play the wide ball particularly much and they controlled the ball in the centre and you know that kind of tactic where they they make the tackle hold the player up and you know just don't just don't let them do anything. And then you've got Sexton coming in right behind them, holding the ball up. Um, yeah, I just thought that they they just just didn't let England play their game and they were just better from start to finish, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Ireland's, I think you call it a choke tackle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, they were sensational at holding the player up and just uh, getting the turnover in that way. And they do it really well, actually. I've noticed the referees have been stronger this year on... Any bit of the body you get down, um, they'll they'll call it as a tackle. They'll call it uh, as 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 a player being grounded in a rut. So Ireland seem to be the only side that really have seen seemed effective in that choke tackle. So they, they did well there. So uh, Henshaw, yeah, a very good. You know, one of the very strong players throughout the championship. Yeah. For, for I thought he was content. Well, contender for man of the match. I don't know. I can't remember who got man of the match, but I. But, no, he did. Henshaw oh. got it, but I actually, he had a very good game. I, I did think it should have gone to Burn in the second row. It was just oh yeah, yeah, he was, he was really good as well. Yeah, but uh, Henshaw, Henshaw's had good games throughout. He's been a very strong player. I mean, and let's face it. I mean, Ireland have been unlucky in this championship. I mean, you know, they have lost two games. They lost, they they did lose a very close game against France, and then. They actually outplayed Wales for most of their first game with uh, with only fourteen men for the majority of the game. So that you know they're not, you know they've had a couple of results go against them. But they, you know I think they can actually come out the the Six Nations with heads held high and uh, you know a good luck for the future. You know just shows what the only downside just shows what happens when you take Lou off and put Stockdale on. <laughs> <laughs> Although I thought Stockdale, I, I didn't think as I say they seem to have an issue on that when they got. They got sort of two wingers stocked there low, you know, look can look good in attack, but they've got a very sort of haphazard game. And when you compare their play with Earl on the other Earl's on the yeah. other wing, who was absolutely stunning. He just seems to be he just seems to be so awake, mm-hmm. you know, things happen. As soon as it happens, you know, he he's onto it. He, you know, he just he just picks up, he you know, he that that play they made on the English line out where he scored the try was he was just lur- you know, lurking around that sort of the tap down ball, and that try which he almost got, where uh, where it was called back for a knock on, was an absolutely stunning, a stunning finish. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he sort of did the acrobatic somersault into the corner, and yeah, the ball down. He he was stunning. I thought. Yeah, I think it was one of my favourite part of the Six Nations so far was watching him turn Johnny May inside out for <laughs> his first try. <laughs> Or his only try in the end. But yeah, you're right. The finish for the other try was absolutely spectacular. And it was a shame it wasn't uh, it wasn't given. Uh, Hamish, do you have any thoughts on the 
England Ireland game from a more uh, point well again as Charlie said I thought Ireland dominated England I thought were a pretty appalling again uh, I mean they've had a horrible six nations you'd say I think I saw something first time in about 15 years something they've lost to every other home nation country there's some uh, big big gap anyway um I don't know what their problem has been, but Ireland dominated the game, uh, which was nice on CJ Standard's final game. Yeah, definitely. It's quite a, quite an emotional finish for him at the end there, listening to him getting interviewed. Do you think he'll be... How much of a loss do you think he'll be for Ireland going oh, forward? Massive, I would say. I mean, he's been huge for them for the last last few years. I don't know quite how... I mean, they, they seem to always have decent back row forwards, so there's probably someone waiting to come in. But, I mean, he's been probably their standout for how, who knows how long. Yeah, I think he's 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 going to be missed. I I know they they have other good back rows, but I think he offers such a lot. He's so many hard carries, you know, around that 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 area, you know, around the tight areas of the pitch. He's a he's a very effective player for them. So he, I think he'll be a big miss. Thought that Jack Conan's also had a good game. I, I don't know much about him. Uh, I know he's the, I think he's playing eight, um, but. I've got on my notes that he had a really good game on Saturday as well. Um, good ball carry. He had a good telescopic, telescopic arm to sort of you know, score that try. He sort of he took the tackle and that arm. Was <laughs> Nothing was going to stop that putting that ball down. So he, yeah, he, he did have a good game. I'll tell you another one. I personally I thought had a very good game. His form's been not up to his his usual standards lately, and he's suffered with injuries. But I thought Conor Murray coming back was had a sensational game on 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 Saturday. He, you know, he had that old partnership with Sexton, which worked perfectly. He kicked perfectly. He looked so much better than well, the Gibson Park, but you know, also Ben Youngs. He totally dominated Ben Youngs. You know, who seemed to be have difficulty in making decisions. I saw him wanting to take a quick penalty once and he sort of looked up towards Farrell to see if it was okay you know it's, it's just he, he seems doesn't he seems to be able to take the responsibility but Conor Murray was just absolutely controlled that back of the scrum he he had a really good game someone who could come in you know we've seen a few scrum halves but he could come in con- to contention I think for that Lions place mm-hmm. based on that performance and if he's fit he could have the old timers smiling sort of uh, in the halfbacks any uh, any other standout players in that game? Um, I mean, I thought Bundyaki had a really good game until his red card. I mean, I think again, as Charlie sort of said, the centres just didn't let England play at all, both him and Henshaw. Um, and obviously, he once he went off, I know England had the extra man, but you know they did sort of tell a wee bit, and they sort of made the score a wee bit more respectable. Well, they sort of had that funny finish as well, England, didn't they? Because they ended up with Dan Robson at fly half. Because they lost, uh, they sort of lost both Ford and and Farrell, so they had a sort of funny combination of two scrum halves in the halfback position, which probably didn't help them exploit the fourteen man situation. But Ireland played the fourteen men very, you know, played with fourteen men very well. You know, Sexton just does his business, swaps penalties, puts you in the right position. You, you know, he's, uh, they cope with it quite well, really. I mean, one time you thought, oh, could England come back even? But you know. They did get that one, got one try almost straight away. And then after that, it was, yeah, there was no way they were going to, you know, Ireland were going to give them a sniff. So, yeah. Well, I, I think uh, at the time the red card came, Ireland were 26 6 ahead. So, yeah. 
yeah, it's a, it's a big margin to come back from. But what, what do you think, Hamish? Do you think that was a definite red card? It's one the... of those ones, isn't it? Which it probably is now a definite red card. But it's also one of the ones where you're like, you feel sorry for him. You know, it's no intent. But the letter of the law is the letter of the law now. As soon as you do that, you know, and make contact with the head and you're not rapping, you are sort of going to get sent off now. Um, so, yeah, harsh, harsh, but right decision, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But, and when it when it's a player like uh, Binny Billy Vunapola, you can't use the yeah, well, that's, that's short true. card either. Well, he's, he had he, he had a similar. He got sent off in the World Cup as well, didn't he, Bundyaki? Very similar. He just doesn't sort of drop in the tackle, you know. And it's the you know it's the way he plays. It's it's obviously difficult for him to adjust his game, but that's his second red card for, you know, almost identical offence. You know, identical offence, and you know you you just don't get away with it now, do you? So I'd be boasting about that for years, though, knocking Billy Vanapool out. <laughs> you know, when he got groggily to his feet, Billy Vanapool, and he sort of you know staggered around a bit. That was the fastest I think he moved in the whole game, actually. So. Uh, <laughs> Because they had another one, didn't they? Because Farrell also sort of uh, Farrell took a knock and went down, and he was, he was. I don't know why he didn't get pulled off by the English uh, uh, team, but he, he he actually got pulled off by the neutral doctor, you know, because he obviously took a took a knock and went down, and um, you know he had to actually be pulled off the pitch. So you know, there's a few knocks and aches and pains mm-hmm. out there, obviously. So. Talking about potentially the most entertaining game of the Six Nations so far, which would have been the finale of the whole tournament, if not for the French players all going out for waffles. Um, yeah, Wales Wales against France. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one? It's tw- uh, four tries in the first 20 minutes. Uh, it was always going to be a fantastic game and it did not disappoint. What's your thoughts on this game, Tim? Yeah, well, I mean, the game was absolutely fantastic yeah like you say four tries early on both sides trying to play i think both sides try to play rugby you know as i say and i think for 60 minutes wales i think actually played better rugby funny enough i I think they they were the better side they were more controlled france didn't really seem to have a you know idea how to go about things and and then the last bit of that game just went crazy, didn't it? Players getting carded, so red cards, yellow cards, the ball being held up over the line about three or four times. I mean, everything happened at the at the, at the later stage of that game, and it was just absolute. You know, it was that it was like a sort of musical almost, wasn't it? The way it sort of played out in the end, and uh, France getting that try. Funny enough, I mean. I thought after, I mean, one of the successes of Wales's Six Nations has been the discipline they've shown throughout. You know, they, it's the other side that's been getting the cards and, and things like that. But towards the end of that game, Welsh, the, the Welsh defence really lost its composure. They started giving away a lot of penalties, gave away the two yellow cards. And in fact, I think if the referee hadn't have yellow carded two players, he would have yellow carded the third one because someone killed the ball right in front of the posts, you know, so they could have actually been down to 12 men at the end. So, you know, so it was fantastic. Referee, I, I don't know what you guys think. I don't think you can fault him for any of his decisions, maybe. It's, I thought, he, you know, the cards were right. I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought the, the refing was, was good throughout the game, yeah. There were some difficult calls. Um I think it was the first weekend. I thought the the refing <laughs> was actually okay for for all three games, but uh, but yeah, it was some difficult calls. Um, 
and yeah, it did go mad at the end with those those yellow flurry of yellow cards right when it right when the scoreline was you know starting to get closer and closer, which you know made it a really entertaining game. Yeah, I mean when the when the uh, the French Williams went off, you know, with sort of fifteen minutes to go, I, you know, Wales had a full contingent on the pitch and they were in the lead. You you thought, well, that's going to be this seeing them complete this, you know, they're going to complete this game and mm-hmm. sort of win out, you know, because they they just held up the ball a couple of times and minus their sort of second row. But then the French actually seemed to play better when they went down to fourteen men, which was they just seemed to sort of lose their inhibition and just. Started playing playing that incredible rugby that I think I think only that they're the only ones that can play quite like that. So yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree, and I mean the nine ten like the um, Jalburn Dupont. Yeah, they just was it. Who Dupont scored the try? The little dink over the top, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Alec Berry with the fifteen that, mm-hmm. that did the chip and there. Uh, as always, Dupont's just there on the shoulder. He's so good at that. Just uh, yeah, supporting player. Magic to watch, yeah. What's your thoughts on the Wales-France game, Hamish? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a very even game. It was definitely the best game to watch in the whole Six Nations. Uh, proper edge-of-the-seat stuff. I would say France. I mean, whoever won it, I think you probably had a case to deserve to win it, I would say. Um, I think Tim's right. Wales sort of being the best discipline side the whole tournament and then that last sort of 50 minutes I don't know if it was just tiredness killed them or or what but it did just all fall apart a wee bit and France uh, you know are the team to capitalise on that yeah which they which they certainly did uh, I don't know if you've been seeing on the on the news but the the two Welsh players who were yellow carded at the end there Falatau and um, yeah Liam Williams they've been receiving some quite bad abusive social media messages uh, which no one likes to see. Mm. Obviously, no one's getting themselves sin binned on purpose, so just a little bit I harsh mean, from the Welsh fans, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's you get you get yellow cards sometimes, and it, it's just, I mean, that was they were pressure yellow cards, weren't they? I mean, the French had sort of, you know, carrying the ball over the line three or four times. They were up in the in the Welsh twenty-two. You know, you are a feature of sort of modern rugby is if, if you're in the what the, the you know what's called the red zone. And you give away penalties as you're trying to defend. You you know referees will give cards. It's just a you know that's just a fact. I don't think either of them got yellow carded for stu- you know astute you know occasionally guys get yellow cards for just a bit of you, you know doing something stupid. But that you know there was nothing of that there. You know it was it was really that French pressure that sort of really put they really put that squeeze on and, you know, it just kept hard to, you know, not give away a lot of... Yeah, I watched that Liam Williams one, um, that yellow card back over and it's... I've seen Liam Williams do a lot more for... a lot worse than that and get cards playing club rugby. Um, But no, there's... Yeah, the social media, that that whole side of things is, you know, it's a real shame. I know that one of the ladies who interviewed... She interviewed... Um, was it Farrell yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, no, she got some abuse. Yeah, the the BBC commentator yeah, Sonia Sonia McLaughlin. That's just it's horrendous, you know. I mean, what is all that about? You know, you got to you got to take it on the chin. So you, you know, people do their jobs. You know, rugby players. You know, they they're trying to defend. You know, they you know they're gonna you're gonna give away yellow cards. You know, these people just need to. Yeah, you know, grow Agreed. up. And it's a shame it takes away from such a fantastic mm-hmm. game of rugby as well. 
yeah it's part of the game as well do you know what i mean like the you know you're not it's not just because a yellow card is you make you do something wrong a red card you know rugby wouldn't be rugby without yellow cards and red cards and penalties so well quite right because the whole part of the game and what was amazing in those last you know 15 minutes or so was the pressure on all the players you know the pressure on the welsh players to defend the french the way the pressure on the french players and yet they you know in those last few minutes and going into sort of two minutes of you know overtime and that they were still able to sort of play yeah. to try and play rugby it was it was incredible you know i can imagine you know those in that in that time so easy to sort of just throw a pass too hard or just you know take mm-hmm. your eye off and drop the ball but you know it's yeah incredible you know and they you know they managed to create that space and score that try you know so the pressure and everything it was such a finish and you know sorry for the welsh guys because you know to lose two minutes into time like that is is a tough call but it was and, a great yeah and i think what you're saying is what like with the you know the pressure that's on you when you're into that overtime it's not yeah it's not like they were playing safe rugby you know they were they were still running the ball really fast you know that they, they, they kept the intensity up um despite being over the 80 minutes in so that you know that's kind of what well for me anyway it makes me kind of curl my toes and you know you don't know what the hell's going to happen um but yeah the the confidence with keeping up the intensity you know right at the end of a game like that yeah that's uh that's what did it for them so fair play and um what, what's your thoughts on the red card to the french player for the alleged eye gouge, I thought it looked bad, and uh, yeah, I watched I watched that over again today as well. I thought in slow motion it looked it looked pretty bad. I thought, and I I think he I think a red was was justified to me. I I thought I mean because I think Brian Moore picked up on the charge. He picked up on the charge when it happened, and I kind of missed it. I suppose when I was first watching it, and then. They went back when I saw the charge over again. I mean, the fact when you've looked at some of the other red cards, Mahoney and uh, I mean, Vague Ferguson. I mean, I don't think I should have been <laughs> Ferguson should have got a red card, but um, yeah, I mean, you got if th- th- those other players have been penalised and he's seen that and he's and he's called the red card, then you know, fair enough, no qualms with it. To be honest, you could say it's harsh, I suppose, but a lot of the decisions throughout the tournament have been pretty harsh. I think you've got to be careful. I mean, you you have the charge into the rack, but also you know you get your hand over someone's face as well. You just got to yeah. You know, I think the good thing with rugby is it's consistency. They have they have the rule. You know, there's any contact with the eye, it's going to be a red card, just like the sort of you know with the head. And so you know, again, they're following. Yeah, you know, it's probably not deliberate. He's probably not meant it, but you know the rule there, and they're consistent with it. It's not as if they're making one decision one week and a different one the next week. And another thing that's really good, which um, you know, to hear that to hear the discussion between the sort of the uh, the referee and his assistant, you know, linesman and and the and the and the, and the guy up in the with with the cameras, you know, they're, they're having you know they're having a, a debate that everyone can hear. You know, you, we're all very clear as to what their decision making is. You know, they're talking it through. It's it's not like it's a sort of heat of the moment thing and you know, it's all getting hot, you know, the, the, these these things are talked through. And I think generally they seem to get the decisions, you know, decisions right. And I think generally the players and the, you know, and the people watching 
understand where these decisions come from. So it's, you know, I think, you know, the refereeing's generally been pretty good, you know, in the Six Nations as, as it usually is. So Yeah, it's incredibly open, especially when you compare it to other sports. Um, official and also just educates the the supporters and the young players out there. Makes it clubs. exciting as well, you know. If something happens and you you know you something happens and fast, and when you're watching it with, well, obviously not now with lockdown, but normally if you're in the pub with a with a bunch of people, someone's got one take on it. Someone's thinking something, can, and then you see it in slow motion, and then you're like, way well, you know, you, <laughs> you're speaking rubbish. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think the the referee. I mean, I thought. Scotland game um, in fast motion. A couple of the there was the two yellow cards. I mean, I was happy they were yellow. I mean, when Hogg got got hit, you know, he did he came down safely, but he came down safely because he stuck his he was he didn't have the ball in his hand, so he was able to break his fall with his hands. But if he had, if he had the the ball in the basket um, and took that same tackle, um, I don't know. I thought I thought that. It could have had the potential to be a bit more dangerous, but um, he was fine. Yellow card, you know, Scotland won by 50 points. Hogg was happy with the decision. So, um, yeah, yeah. I sound like a bit of, I sounded like a bit of Scots fan saying that. I just, um, I thought that those were the two calls throughout the Six Nations, were, which maybe could have been reds, but maybe that's just me. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, listen, guys, thank you very much for coming on the show. It was great, great to hear your points following Super Saturday, and um, yeah, no, uh, well, thanks we'll for having me. Get you back for the for the autumn test. Yeah, sounds good. Nice to speak to you all. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs>